Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations Church, and with me as always is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Ludington, and you are joining us in the middle of our series on questions from the classroom. Uh, Jeff taught at Valley Christian High School last year with our our senior class and collected a lot of questions from students. I've been teaching there for a long time and I've got a lot of questions as well. And so we've been using questions that students have asked. In our our podcast last week, we used a question from uh, a new Bible teacher at Valley and that his name is Corey Blyther and, and some of his students asked him, do spiritual beings have free will? And so we decided to do this as a two-parter last week. If you haven't listened, I would encourage you, go back and listen. You know, I don't want to brag, but it was good. It was good, man. I liked it. Yeah. 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 If you really want to see us at our best. I think today might be better, though. Could be. All right. Could be. Now you you set the bar too high. (laughs) People are going to expect stuff from us. Uh, But what what we talked about ended up being kind of controversial because we just looked at the idea of free will and what you concluded from Scripture. Yeah. So you got a good, you know, got a good backing there. Uh, was something that people might not agree with. So we're going to look at that today, and we're going to look at, now we're going to look at the spiritual being. So we're okay. going to look at angels, demons, and, and humans, and see how uh, sin affects each one of them, and, and whether they do have a free will. So now that you've teed me up to be in opposition to everybody, but having Jesus on my side, so let me, let me say this. I, I would assert there's no such thing as free will. That's the controversial part. And what I mean by that is you can't just will anything to be. You can't just will or wish or desire to be God. You don't have the ability to be God, right? And so we have a will. We have choices we make, but we don't have all the abilities we might think we have. And so the question is going to be a little bit more about like what will and ability do spiritual beings have? So last week we started off with looking mainly just at humans. And we looked right back at the beginning at creation, and in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And then verses 15 to 17, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And we mentioned that Obviously, Adam had to have the ability mm-hmm. at that point, the, the freedom to choose to obey God right. or to disobey God. Yeah. And as a result, he chose to disobey God. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but at the same time that Adam was there, angels were around. Okay. Did angels have that same ability to right. obey or not obey? Yeah. So Adam was created with a will. It's not ultimately free. can't choose to be God. Uh, It has limitations. So it's not ultimately free, but there is a will. There are choices. And he had abilities. He had the ability to keep the command of God or to disobey the command of God. So that's freedom within those those choices, right? Now, I'm going to use two passages today um, as we go back and forth on this. Ezekiel 28 is one of them, and then Revelation's got some verses in both chapter 12 and 20. So Ezekiel 28 talks about angels... Uh, and the problem of what we would call Satan and demons now. So in Ezekiel 28 says this, uh, 
Thus says the Lord God, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden. So let's push pause. We're talking about angels. Now a specific angel, you were in Eden, is talking about Satan, right? The devil. Okay. So you were an angel, perfect, full of wisdom, beauty. He goes on. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You were an anointed guardian cherub. Satan, you were a leader of the angels, right? You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Now, again, push pause. Angels are created beings. We did, did an episode a long time ago about spiritual beings. Angels are created. They're not eternal, right? Only thing that's eternal is God, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternal, nothing else. Okay, so you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. All right, you were blameless and had a life to live, a calling to live, if you will, right? And within that ability, you had the will to choose. You also had the ability to follow God or sin or, or not follow God. In Revelation 12, it says this, Behold, a great red dragon, meaning Satan, with seven heads and ten horns on his head, seven diadems. So this is kind of apocalyptic genre image. It says his, meaning Satan, tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore a child, he might devour it. So it's this apocalyptic genre version of Satan who swept away a third of the angels. In other words, led a rebellion of sin against God and a third of the angels followed him. It also gives us kind of a more updated version with this ongoing tension between Satan and Jesus and the church, that kind of thing, right? So angels, before they were demon, they were angels. Before Satan was the devil, he was an angel. He was created. He was sinless. He had a will, and he had the ability to either follow God or not follow God, just like humanity. All right, so what we're looking at today is we're kind of looking at spiritual beings, humans, angels, demons, all from where they started right. to where they ended up after that and then where they are now. And so we talked last week about Adam chose to sin, Eve chose to sin. Right. As a result, we heard they will surely die. And we talked last week about what died. One of the things that died was their ability, their, their ability to no longer sin, to choose not to sin. So with the angels, if they have the ability to choose, right. what happened to the angels? What was their impact on them when they chose to sin? Yeah, so here's what we have. We have the outcome of their sin. It was... And uh, back in Ezekiel 28, it says, You sinned, so I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you. So this is God still speaking, same passage. You were created. You were an angel. You were beautiful. You had the ability to not sin. You sinned, right? You sinned, so I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, God says, and I destroyed you. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground, right? So Satan, you had the ability. You had the, the ability and choice to follow me or to rebel from me, right? You had a will. It's just like in Genesis 3 when God speaks to humanity after sin. It says, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return for, to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So there is this pronouncing or pronunciation or pronouncement, I don't know, whatever the English word is there, uh, for your condition after sin, right? There's, a re, uh, there's a, an action taken by God 
upon the being who is sinful. Satan is cast down. Humanity is told you will surely die. So we mentioned last week that with humanity, mm -hmm. um, I used the phrase at the very end, we, in what we were looking at, we're going to look at that verse again, the idea of but God, right? right? We were dead in our sins. God didn't leave us there. But what about demons? Do they have a chance to repent after they have chosen to sin? Such a good question. Yeah. So Ezekiel 28, you have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more. Okay. So there's like a, an outcome that is eternal, right? In Revelation 20, it says it this way. And the devil, so this is, uh, John is writing this down, this vision given to him by Jesus. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were and where they will be tormented day and night forever. So this third of the angels led by Satan is cast into the lake of fire or hell, right? That's that apocalyptic image of hell cast into the lake of fire forever. So Ezekiel 28, you've come to a dreadful end and shall, no be, shall be no more forever. That's forever, eternal. And forever and ever in the revelation in the lake of fire. So that's eternal. Now that's very different than the, the pronunciation over or pronouncement over humanity where for you are dust and to dust you shall return. So there's an eternal judgment on Satan, demons, evil. But then humanities are, humanity, which is different. Humanity is both a, a physical being and a spiritual being, where angels or demons are only spiritual beings, right? Now, he says, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So humanity, you're going to endure physical death. And that, the idea here is that sin is attached to this mortal physical body. We inherit it from Adam, our father. It's passed on, like, almost biologically. Like, sin is a spiritual curse, but it passed on biologically. So for you are dust and to dust you shall return. So death is the penalty for human sin, right? So there's this issue of free will, right? That's the, the question always asked. So there's a pronouncement of judgment on Satan and the demons, right? And then there's a spiritual, uh, 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 an eternal pronouncement. Then there's a physical death that humans will endure. But there's also this, the spiritual side. In Romans 3, Paul says, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, and listen, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they become worthless. No one does good, not even one. He says, in your spiritual condition, humans, you don't even want to be good, right? And you would never choose God on your own. Your spiritual death will result not only in physical death, but it also does, it results in you not wanting God, right? And so there is, if it was just free will, we would freely choose hell every time. We would freely choose sin. I know people are listening like, hey, well, I don't want to choose that. Well, that's something different. That's probably you empowered by the Holy Spirit. But that on the cursed human who is born under sin, it says no one is seeking God. So if it was up to free will, everybody would not seek God and would go away. Now, Satan, demons, they don't have a free will. They can't choose to come back to God, right? Same thing with humanity we don't freely choose God, right? That's the problem. We're bound to sin. Yeah, and I think that leads us into a, a great um, explanation of the gospel with, with Paul writing in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. We used this last week. And you were dead in your trans trespasses, not in, not sick, not under the weather, dead. Right, not just have a little sniffle. You're right. Dead. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, 
carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And then I mentioned last week, this is my favorite two words, but right. God, yeah. being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So, so it's not by free will you've been saved? Exactly. Oh my gosh, what do you know? <laughs> it's such a beautiful passage, right? It, it gives our post-sin human and spirit, you know, both physical and spiritual condition, but it talks about our spiritual death. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, right? He even says, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air. So it even recognizes like Satan is active in misleading us, just like we saw in the Garden of Eden, right? And so that's who you were, but God, rich in mercy, great love in which he loved us, raised us together. Now, for those of us who are spiritually alive, I would say this, for those who have uh, are followers of Jesus, right, who have been baptized and, and have the Holy Spirit alive in them. Paul writes as a believer, and he paints this tension, this por- it's kind of this, this portrait of a tension. In Romans 7, he says, I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Like, I want to be sinless, but I don't have the ability to be sinless. Like, I want to do the right things, but I don't have all the abilities. But also in 2 Corinthians, he says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And he's painting this picture while we live in this human existence that we have more freedom in Christ now. We have freedom to overcome sin, freedom of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but we also live under this physical sin nature. So I have the desire to do the right, but not always the ability. We don't have free will, right? We can't just choose what we want. He says, I don't have the ability to carry it out. But the spirit alive in me is giving me new freedom, more freedom to pursue God. All right, so we've kind of seen the progression here. Angels, uh, humans created with the ability right. to sin or not sin. Upon sinning, lose that ability. Right. With demons, they're no longer even able to turn around right. to God. Not optional. Yeah. yeah, but God with humans comes in, enters the picture, reawakens us. But what about... Um, what is the role now of the non-fallen angel, the ones who did not sin? Do they still have that freedom to sin? Right, right. So non-sinful angels is a really weird <laughs> phrase, right? Basically, that's what you and I just call angels. Like, that's what every Christian calls an angel. So angels are, here's what we've already learned, created beings who have choice, right? They have the ability to not sin, right? We don't have that anymore. They do. And then a third of them chose to sin and are now cursed, what we call demons, Satan, etc. right? And so the existing angels that we see, like, I, I think of Isaiah 6, and I'm just not, you know, like off the top of my head, I saw the Lord seated high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. It's a famous passage, right? It says there's these angels, or cherubim, right? Cherubim, seraphim, other names for angels, flying around the throne of God, and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? So we see angels that are still living their purpose, right? Living what they were created to do. I think of Psalm 148, uh, the first two verses says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, Praise him in the heights. Listen, praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. So now the angels that are angels, not demons, right? The angels are being called to this perpetual life of worship, right? That's kind of how I share the gospel on Sundays. Like we are created to be worshipers, not just singers of songs, but those whose life bring glory to God. Now we fail in that. We, even empowered by the Holy Spirit, we, we live in this tension 
the desire but not the ability, but then we have the freedom of the Spirit, so we start living that way. But like those angels who have not sinned, they're not cursed. They still have the freedom to do right, follow God, worship God, and the freedom to fall away. Evidently, in the loss of a third of the angels, the other two-thirds are like, hey, don't want that, right? So they've stayed faithful. That's, I mean, that's all we're told about that they still remain. All right, so let me, let me wrap up with this question. Um, when Adam and Eve sin, right. all of humanity is affected. We all lose that freedom, that ability. Um, but with the angels, some of them sinned, some of them did not. They were not right. all affected. What's the difference there? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, consider this, like there's, you know, 100 angels, right? And 33 and a third of them sin and are fallen, right? So you've got the others that are not. The, the one third that does, the two thirds that don't. But they're all already created, right? They're all in existence already when a third of them sin. And so when we see humanity created, it's a bit of comparing apples to oranges because the only two human beings alive are Adam and Eve. And the two of them sin and we are their offspring. And so they're cursed and their offspring is cursed, which is really clear back in Genesis 3, right? But the angels also don't have offspring. There's this really odd question, at least modern day it's odd, right? And, and it's this kind of Jewish history where if, uh, if I married a woman and I died, but I didn't give her children, then my brother should marry her and give her children. It's this really odd kind of cultural thing, right? And so the Jews go to Jesus and they say, hey, listen, so if a man has a wife and he dies and his brother dies and his brother dies, like whose wife is she in eternity? And Jesus says, listen, you don't understand scripture clearly because in the resurrection, in other words, in eternity, people neither, neither marry or are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. So the angels in heaven are not male and female. They're not married and intermarried. They're not having children, right? So the same thing, demons don't get children. Okay, humans get children and all the humans alive sinned. And so we inherit that sinfulness, but all the angels that were created were already created when a third of them sinned. So the two thirds remain faithful, right? It's like if there were a bunch of humans alive already and two sinned, I'm guessing we would have a different story. But it was only two humans. They sinned. We all inherit it because they're our great, 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 great parents, right? And so, yeah, we inherit it and have to overcome it and, and have to have God overcome it for us. And then the angels, evidently two-thirds of them have remained faithful. So to wrap up as we, as we look at this, the idea that we're, we're not able to do maybe what we think we would want to do, right. but we really wouldn't want to do. But a lot of times taking that choice, that ability out of our hands, realizing mm -hmm. we don't have that ability, can be kind of overwhelming. Like, okay, sure. now what? Now how do I, how do I get saved then? Um, but here's the hope we have. In Romans 6, 9 through 11, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. What great news. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the, here's the great thing. And let me give, this is why I would even make the audacious statement that we don't have free will. Uh, one, biblically, I'd say we don't have free will. And so that, that makes it easy. But why is that a big deal? See, if we have free will, right, then we would have the freedom to choose to not sin or the freedom to choose to sin. And we would have the ability to carry that out, but we don't. And every Christian alive knows, hey, even when I want to do the right thing sometimes and God is leading me in a direction, I still fall short, right? 
So we know we don't have all the abilities we'd like to have. And that is a part of our will. Our will is both a choice and an ability. And if we had free will, if we had all the choice and all the ability, then we would also, by nature, be able to mess up our salvation, right? But as it is, Jesus says, I hold you in the palm of my hand, right? No one can steal you out, right? You just read what Paul writes. So you yourselves, consider yourselves dead to sin, alive to God. Like, you understand yourself in a new way now because God has the ability, the will, and the power, right? The ability to make sure you're secure. And so our lack of will, it may impede us from doing some of the right things we want to do, but our lack of will also impedes us from messing up our salvation. And that's the beauty of it. And so I hope if you're listening, you hear this not as uh, you are less than, and, and I know that it's kind of a, an inherent human trait, like I want to have all control, right? But you don't have control, but the good, the good news is, is that God, if you're in Christ, God has that control that you need. He protects you. So we're going to wrap up there, and I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to it so you get each episode. Share it with your friends. You know, like it on social media, wherever you have it. But follow along. If you have any questions, if you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at generations.email. Thank you. God bless you. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.